0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Ann. I have a member of our community on today's episode. She'll also be returning next week. She's going to be sharing her story. Before we get to that, thank you to those of you who have given us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or your other podcasting apps. Isolated women are finding us because of your reviews. Here's a five star review we recently received. It's titled Love This Podcast. All women should listen to the podcast to gain an attitude of open-mindedness and to learn to empathize with a sister, neighbor, or friend who might be in or has left an abusive relationship. I do not consider myself a victim or a survivor. I lucked out and married a man who treats me better than I deserve. I hope I'm not the only listener who hasn't been or is in an abusive relationship who listens to these strong, brave souls who share their stories. There is so much to learn. This podcast helped me learn to recognize when someone is being manipulative and learn to create boundaries on how people treat me. I could go on and on about the podcast. The host is very passionate about the podcast and it shows. I love that there are no ads. As a graduate MFT student, I have developed a better understanding that many women are victims of misogyny due to their religious or cultural backgrounds. I stand with them and hope they can get to safety. Please support this podcast even if you are single, happily married, divorced, widowed, or whatever your situation may be, help women feel loved, valued, and mostly safe. Thank you so much for giving us that review. If you haven't and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting apps. Like I said, when women are searching online, all of these reviews really help women find us. And that's the best thing we can do so that we can stop other women from going through the pain and chaos that we had to go through when we went down the pornography addiction recovery road for years, let's say, or we went down different roads trying to figure out what was going on and we never recognized it It was emotional abuse, psychological abuse, and sexual coercion. For those of you who are listening who are beginning to recognize that your situation involves emotional abuse, psychological abuse, or sexual coercion, we created Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group just for you. It's multiple times a day in every single time zone. We do recommend the first time that you join, you join on a laptop. It makes it a little bit easier to navigate. And then after you know what you're doing, join on a phone. Also, Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group isn't exactly the right place to process crime. So you're welcome to come talk about the emotional abuse and the psychological abuse and the pornography use, things like that. If you have a crime situation, Coach Renee helps women navigate how they can report, um, navigate their local domestic violence shelter. If you're in that situation, then schedule an individual session with Coach Renee. As for Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, go to our website, btr.org, check out the session schedule, and we'd love to see you in a session today. Now for today's guest. I have a member of our community today. We're gonna call her Ms. C. She is technically still married to her abuser, but they've been separated for two years. So, it'll probably be about 24 years before the divorce is finalized. She has two children one is a teenager and another is a preteen. Let's start with your story. Talk about how things first started and if you recognized your husband's abusive behaviors at first.
1: I don't think that I did recognize his abusive behaviors at first. I think, in a way, I was the perfect person for his abusive behaviors because. I had grown up in a home where my father was very detached. He adopted me. My mom and I came as a package deal. And so there's a lot of provision, but not a lot of love. And then my mother also was a very broken person. She grew up in a alcoholic home, a lot of domestic violence. And so there was a lot of behaviors and things that I learned to love the people despite it, despite you know, I didn't really question if this behavior or these words or any of this stuff was abusive. It was just my life. So, when I married my husband, I think we were about two years in, we were in the ministry. He was a youth pastor. I had noticed a charge on one of our cards. You know, what is this? And,. He was just very easy about it. Oh, it's just a fraudulent charge. And I've already called the credit card company. I'm working on getting it refunded. I'm assuming it was a charge for porn? Yes. I'm not even sure exactly what it was. It just, I had never seen it before. But I knew that it was something X-rated. And so I think that was my first instance with it. And then another one happened. And I to him again, what is this? What's going on? Do we need to change this card? And this time he wasn't as easy with it. He was a little bit more agitated, a little more ugly about it. My questioning it. I think that was the seed for me then where I started to realize the doubt. Possibly this is not just an error. Mm, Maybe
0: there's something more to this because he was acting so weird about it. And also maybe he wouldn't shut down the card. He was like, we don't need to shut it down. The first time he said it was fraud?
1: Right. We're just going to take care of this. I think his exact words were, you just need to get off my case about it. Mm. I got it. So we were still in the ministry. We lived considerably far away from my family. And so I would go home. I didn't have children at the time. I would go home and visit for a week or two at, at a time. And I had gone to visit and I came back and there was a videotape that I found it was a VHS tape it really dates me there. And I remember handing it to him and it was Jenna Jameson something. And I knew that it was a porn tape. I could just tell by the name of it. I don't remember exactly, but I knew what it was. And that's when it kind of blew up. And unfortunately that night we were actually heading to a youth activity and we are fighting all the way to the youth activity. And we finally get there. And, you know, we've got a youth team that's waiting, come together in prayer and set up and get going and get started. And he and I are fighting. and We pull up and he just loses it and jumps out of the car and starts walking down the road.
0: You know, that is a really common abusive thing to do. Did you know that? I don't know if you know that. Jumping out of a car To sort of like, I'm not gonna take this anymore, sort of I'm not gonna participate. It's a strange form of control that most people aren't aware happens. So I just wanna point that out. If other women have been like, oh, he has jumped out of the car and stomped away.
1: Yeah. It's a rural area. So there isn't no mistaking that like he's walking down the road. You know, I'm so embarrassed because he's throwing basically throwing this temper tantrum walking down the road. I'm not gonna tell people what's going on. So the youth leader, he was the captain of the youth until my husband came in. Well, then he was kind of like underneath, if you would say, underneath my husband. Came out to me, he was like, what's going on? Like, he's, you know, he knew something had happened. And I was just, you know, he's upset. And so he went and got wet and talked to him. And they came back. And I think for me, I was stuck. I didn't know what to do at that point. We're miles and miles away from support, family. We're brand new to this ministry. You know, this is our livelihood. He's supposed to be the leader of the home. What am I supposed to do? There's so much shame. Uh, you definitely don't want to betray your husband by saying anything to anybody. And it didn't die, it just became this ugly thing between us that slowly deteriorated the ministry and us. Did you go down the pornography addiction
0: recovery route at all at this time? Was there like a he's addicted to porn, he needs help, let's
1: get him some help. Was there any of that? Did you go down that road? Not at first because it was so shocking and so not how you picture you're going into the ministry, you're in the ministry, you're spreading the gospel to teenagers. You're watching teenagers get saved. I think I just threw myself into the ministry.
0: Did you think if we pray enough, if we work on the ministry enough, it'll just kind of go away?
1: I hoped that he would love the ministry enough to give it up for it. I dove in. This is what we came here for. This is what we're going to do. I love doing this. You say that you love doing this. We even did a purity conference.
0: Hmm. Were you like, wait a minute, he's a hypocrite at all? Or did you think if he does it enough, it'll save him?
1: I think at that point, I did still look to him and respect him as my leader. And I believed that this was just a struggle. Like he just needed to, like you said, just needed to dig in. It doesn't define him. Not what it became. No. I don't know if it became that or I just opened my eyes more. It was that way all the time, and then you realized more what was
0: going on over time, maybe?
1: Right. I stopped, for lack of better terms, making excuses for it.
0: When you say leader, so your faith background is different than mine. Can you explain that a little bit? Is that is that the typical, like we submit to a man because he's the head or something like that? Or can you kind of explain that for women who might be in a different faith paradigm than yours?
1: Sure. I grew up believing that the man was the head of the household, but not in a misogynistic way. Like he says everything, he does everything and I just got to abide by it. It was taught to me that we were still equal, that we still were responsible for what we brought to the marriage but that ultimately the decisions were by him. I could weigh in, definitely, and I did. I was not unopinionated, but I did grow up with the man being the head of your household.
0: Okay, so even though you thought we're equal, it wasn't technically equal because you didn't have equal say.
1: It's hard to answer that question because I've heard this phrase before where the man is the head, the woman's the neck. We can turn the head any way we want. I do know that my husband absolutely respected the way I thought, and there were a lot of times when it came to decisions, he would want me to weigh in, especially relational. You have a better understanding than me. Can you tell me what you think about this? Tell me what you think about that. But I would say that he was very fair in that way, but when it came to things like this, money and things that he was just going to do, he just did them.
0: Maybe he just didn't care about the other things. Who knows? I'm going to take a break here to talk about my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, which is a picture book for adults. It is the perfect way to help explain to someone what is happening to you. If you're getting a lot of roadblocks, maybe with family and friends who don't quite understand why you're so upset, Trauma Mama is a visual way to show them. You're lucky if you have support in your life, like a mom or a sister who has been willing to read Lundy Bancroft's book, Why Does He Do That?, or Patricia Evans' book, The Verbally Abusive Relationship. All of those books are available on our books page, btr.org backslash books. It's a curated list of all the books we recommend. But most support people don't have the attention span to read a thick book like that, but they do have the attention span to read a short picture book. So that is what. Trauma Mama, Husband Drama is four, so that you can give it to support people or read it with support people so that they can understand what you're going through. It has a bunch of infographics at the back to educate people. Go to our website, btr.org backslash books. If you click on it, it'll just send you right to Amazon. Thank you so much to those of you who have rated it on Amazon. Every single five-star rating helps women find BTR on Amazon because people are searching for books that way. And even if they don't buy the book, they're able to find the free podcast. All right. Now back to my conversation with Miss C. Let's talk about when you went down the pornography addiction recovery route for a little while because clearly that did not work. We know the end. We know the end of this. Let's talk about like once you knew it was a porn thing, talk about when you tried the pornography addiction recovery route. How did things go with that?
1: I think we'll have been married 24 years by the time the divorce is final. And I would say we were separated quite a few times throughout our marriage and it all was pornography related. When we got back together, the longest time that we kind of stayed together, I got pregnant with my son shortly after us getting back together. Bringing kids into the picture changed the picture for me. And maybe that has a lot to do with growing up in an emotionally abusive home. I had a tolerance for myself. But then you bring an innocent into the picture and I had zero tolerance. Mm, For the abuse? For any kind of abuse.
0: In this case, if you don't know it's abuse, maybe the nonsense, you might call it, right?
1: Right. Because I don't think I start calling it abuse until probably the last five years that I really actually realized the way he was acting, the way he was treating me and the children was abusive. So
0: before you use the word abuse, what word would you use? Uh,
1: Addiction. It was his addiction. His addiction. Okay. So pornography addiction. Okay. Right. So then that we were back together had our son he was only like nine months old when it reared its ugly head again I was working overnight at a, a hotel and the hotel was right across the street from the apartment buildings and I had an especially scary night because I worked the night out it I went down to the end of the hallway and I was trying to call him and no answer no answer no answer I got home the next morning and the computer was sitting on the coffee table I flipped it open and He had just closed it, not shut everything off. And so there it was in my face. And I was really angry this time. And I responded in a way I had never responded. I woke him up, plunked the laptop on his stomach. And he just was really cocky and said that he left it on there on purpose. He wanted it to end. He didn't want it to become an issue. And my response to that was... I took everything that was on the long dresser and threw it at him, one at a time.
0: He wanted what to end? He wanted his porn use to end, so he left it out there so you could catch him? Yes, that's what he said. Because he can't stop using by himself, so by saying that, he kind of said,
1: it's your responsibility to help me stop? I
0: guess so. A little bit? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I left for a week or so, took my son and left, and I told him he had a lot to think about. And... When I came back, I did come back with an arsenal. And I said, this is what's going to happen if we're going to stay together. Because I'm not going to do this game that we did before, kids. I'm not doing it. And so the first place he went to was a celebrate Recovery. And he completed it. They do it like in a one year. And so then the following year, I went... To a heart's restored, so it was in the same church. And I went through the program, and so we had to be gone, so he stayed home then. And they asked me if I would co teach the next year, and so I co taught the next year.
0: At any point during this time, did they call anything abuse or
1: point out the abuse or say these behaviors are abusive? No. The Hearts Restored group centered on, it's going to sound terrible, but it wasn't. But it really did center on our relationship with God and the things that, in a way, the things that were broken within us that allowed these behaviors to continue. Kind of a codependent model, a little bit? Maybe, because what I did actually work out was a lot of stuff in my past. My grandmother dying um, from alcoholism, how alcoholism affected my parents, my mother, my, my stepfather's being disconnected. And there was actually a lot of freedom for me gained from those things. Mm, so you found it to be helpful
0: for your own personal improvement and your own personal healing, even if it didn't point out the abuse
1: at the time. Right. So then he had fallen again And so this time, instead of going to celebrate recovery because he was just, no, I'm not going to do that again, he started meeting with a pastor for an accountability.
0: Okay, for his quote unquote porn addiction. And did this pastor point out to you that this was abuse at all? Or was abuse ever mentioned during this time?
1: No, because unfortunately, this pastor had his own hidden agenda and closet because he actually was in some of his own personal sins in regards to something along the same lines. And so that also came out within a year or two of this. And I remember the first meeting we had with him and we just, just kind of talked about why we were here and what we were hoping for, for counseling and he sat back and he leaned back in his chair and he said, Missy, this is nothing new under the sun. This is very common. And I just remember immediately just feeling hot. And pretty much everything he said after that, I don't even remember. And we got out to the car and I remember my husband looking at me and saying, Go ahead. I know you're mad. And I said, it's not anything new. It's not that big of a deal, but it is to me. This is not right. So he did counsel with him for a while and I don't remember anything beneficial ever coming out of that. And so then the next thing was, it's an app you can load on your phone. Fortify maybe? no, 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 no. It's a popular one now. Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes. So Covenant Eyes entered our story. And the biggest mistake that I made with Covenant Eyes is I became his accountability partner. Not good. Because that just became a cat-mouse and game then. Something would pop up in a report and he would blame it on a spam a phishing. You know, he opened up his email, it's some ad on the side that's triggering it. It's it's just constant. It was just a game. I can't tell you how many times we went from flip phone to smartphone to flip phone to smartphone because he would get exhausted with the flip phone and say he's fine. And then you would go to a smartphone and he'd fall. And uh, seriously, we must have owned 10. Just disgusting how much money we probably threw away. And then we also went to the last and final one was Purity Boot Camp was at another church. He finished the boot camp, graduated, went to the next level of the boot camp. And it was while he was at this boot camp that everything just fell completely apart.
0: We're going to pause right here in the conversation and we are going to continue it next week. If this podcast is helpful to you and you would recommend it, will you please give it a recommendation on Facebook? Go to Facebook, search Betrayal Trauma Recovery, and say, Yeah, I would recommend it. This has really helped me. I'm just trying to get the word out on every single social media platform because women are searching for stuff. They want to know what's wrong, they want to figure out how to solve their quote unquote marriage problems. So if we can get the word out that this is not a marriage problem, that You actually may be in a psychologically abusive relationship. It helps victims so much. You know, you found BTR and it's helped you. So we'd appreciate you going there, giving us a recommendation on Facebook and similarly sharing some of our content on your social media, tagging friends on Instagram. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. We appreciate our followers and that gives you a daily dose of BTR that a lot of women find very helpful and hopeful. And until next week,